Welcome to the Scholarship Chat Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Hill. Here we talk about the scholarship tips, tools, and strategies that you need to fund your dream career. Let's get started. All right. Hello, everyone. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Scholarship Chat Podcast episode, and I'm so excited because I have an amazing guest today. Her name is Elizabeth Wallace. And welcome, Elizabeth, and please tell us uh, about yourself and what you do. Thank you very much. It's wonderful being here with you. Uh, I am a retired high school foreign language teacher who discovered some really important information. So I have published a book to pass on that information to families all over the United States, and I am here to help you help them. Wonderful, and I know we had we had talked offline about this earlier, but I just want to thank you too because you uh, are a retired educator, and so thank you for that. And then I love that you're now taking that knowledge, um, like you said, to students and families that are in the midst of this uh, college planning and preparation process. Yes, it's really important for people to get their kids ready so that they don't end up in debt up to their eyeballs for their entire lives. That's right, just like some of those parents that are listening are too. <laughs> yes. But help us here. And so I want to get into this. I've got a few questions for you. So the first one is, um, I guess I've kind of already hinted at it, but how exactly did you get uh, get started working with students in the college admissions industry? Well, it happens sort of organically. When you teach foreign language classes, you don't have students for a semester or even a year. You have them for three and sometimes four years, all in a row. Get to know them really well. Get to find out what they really want to do with the rest of their lives after high school. And that is, in many cases, if not all cases, it, it requires college. It pretty much opens doors for them. And so when students were asking me for help, I gave them the help that I had, the information that I had. I also became close to the high school counselors so I could get even more information. And then the other IB and, um, and AP teachers. You know, it's, it's easy when you're in the teaching arena to gather information and then to pass it on to the kids. Since I had them for years, it was really easy to help them. I also, what was wonderful about it is after all this time, it, you could see the uh, improvement in the number of kids going to gone to college and how mm-hmm. many of them received scholarships. It was really gratifying. Yes. Wow. And, you know, I love, too, that, you know, like you said, that you connected with the um, high school counselor and the other staff there because it truly does take a village, you know, I believe, to help kids go to college. I think you're right there. I know it, it for myself personally. My family had no interest in me going to college. At that time, mm. girls became secretaries and guys went to the military. So that's mm-hmm. what my sister and brother did, and I went, nope, not me. I'm going to be a teacher. There you go. I'm, I'm glad you made that choice, too. <laughs> yeah, me too. I really loved it. Yes. And so speaking of, you were talking about helping students uh, getting through this process. In your opinion, what are the top three reasons why you believe that students and families are struggling with trying to figure out how to pay for college? Well, the first one, of course, is that college costs are, are just out of control now. When, mm-hmm. I went to, when I went to college myself, uh, I'll give you this example. A semester at a public university was $65 a semester. Wow. Now, yeah, and that was just slightly over what groceries were. Groceries for a family of four for a week was about $50. So you can see what it kind of related to. Now, Mm -hmm. an average cost of a public university is over $10,000 a semester. Mm -hmm. And if you compare that to groceries now, 
it it's about two hundred and fifty dollars. So doing the math, it's just simple math. That's pretty much all I can do. If you do the math, the groceries are five times more now than they were when I was in college. Mm-hmm. But but the but the college isn't five times more. It should be around yeah. six hundred dollars for four year for a year of college, and mm-hmm. twenty four hundred for four years. But it isn't. It's forty grand and up. It's just crazy. The second thing is that families have other costs that have risen just horribly too. If you take a family with two kids and they have those kids in daycare, and then you take the cost of what health care costs now for a family of four, adding yeah. those two together, that's about forty five grand. Well, of course they can't save money for college. They're too busy mm-hmm. spending it on other things. And the third reason is a lot of the benefits that used to be in having a job are are not improving at the level. In fact, some of them have gone backwards. I know mm-hmm. that expenses are going up in life and costs are going up in life, but salaries are stagnant or lower. In fact, you know, this doesn't really have anything to do with universities, but it's the pocketbook that families have, is mm-hmm. retirement. There was a time when 88% of regular jobs, non-union, private sector jobs, had pensions. But now it's mm-hmm. down to 13%. So people have so many places where they have to put money that it becomes a luxury to save money for college. At the same time, the kids really have to go to college now or just forget about getting a job. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I agree with all of those points um, overall, and you guys that are listening, that the costs are, like, like Elizabeth just said, have increased astronomically. It is, it is really insane, like you said. And, and I have no idea where the money's going because I know what college professors make because I also mm-hmm. taught some adjunct college classes. And so mm-hmm. I know what their salaries are, and that's not where the money is going, so I have no idea where it's going. But it's certainly right. hard on families. It is. It, it truly is. And that's why I'm so glad. And I know we're going we're gonna to talk about your book here, Free College, but I'm, that's why I'm so glad that you put all of this knowledge um, into a body of work that students and parents can, can refer to and, and go back to and use over and over again, you know, with each kid that they have, you know, going through this process. Yeah, that's exactly my, that was exactly my, my goal is to make it almost like a workbook to help each child get through going from preschool to college so that they would end up leaving college with a degree and no debt. Exactly. And that's, that's, that's the ideal situation. And it's still possible, of course, yeah. when we have, when we have um, experts and expertise um, such as your book. So I'm so glad that we're talking about this because it's affecting families, like you said, all over the U.S. Yes. It is. So now moving on to our younger students, like the middle school age, what's your advice for them? Because listening to this, you know, and of course it's an urgency for our high school seniors, juniors, and seniors, but for the younger students, um, what's your advice to help them to get started preparing for college now? Well, first of all, I think that if if a child starts at middle school to get ready, then they're going to be in second place in the race because other families are starting in elementary school. And, mm-hmm. and by, that, by that, I mean getting the child ready so that high school and middle school won't be stressful. There are some families that tell me that their children are stressed out, and it's because they wait to the last minute. But anyway, middle school. Here's, here's some suggestions that I have for them. Mm-hmm. 
One of them is enrichment courses. If if a family looks at what the child is interested in, talents, strengths, and then they go to the college websites and find enrichment classes during the break, spring break, winter break, and summer school, summertime. I'll give you an example. My nieces were just loving Minecraft a couple of years ago, and they were mm-hmm. in elementary school. So what happened was their mothers signed them up for workshops over the summer at the local university. So they have now, and I said to them, wait a minute, make sure you write this stuff down. They said, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's just play. I said, no, it's not. They're taking computer courses at a university in the summertime. Mm-hmm. That's the way it gets looked at. And it helps kids get ready. It helps them think about college, and it points them in the right direction. So enrichment classes, that's the most important thing. The second would be extracurricular activities, sports, music, drama, technology, volunteering, all of those things. They should pick something that they like and be consistent because colleges love to see consistency. They don't want to see someone jumping from one thing to something completely different and something different all the time. They want to see them pick something that they enjoy that they can stick to it because that means they're more likely to get through college without dropping out. The third thing I suggest is that they, and this this sounds like a no-brainer, complete all assignments. It's easy when a teacher gives you an assignment to decide whether you're going to do it or not to do it. That's the wrong idea. Decide how to do it. But the decision's already made. Kids who do well in classes did do so because they complete all the work. Now, it doesn't have to be perfect. And if it's hard, they can get help. But they don't turn in empty papers or fail to turn in a paper. It's better to turn in something that's not very good than to turn in nothing because zeros kill grades, low grades kill the grade point average, and that'll kill the chance to get a scholarship. They need to finish their work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I... Yeah, I, you know, I love all three of those, and um, especially the enrichment. Like you said, it's like you said with your um, with your niece taking that Minecraft class. You know, they may think like, oh, it's just this fun thing. It's not really serious. But like you said, that's a computer course at a university. Yes. That is a big deal. Yeah, I had students who told me about taking biology courses. There's a mm-hmm. one girl took an electrical engineering kind of workshop at a university. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but the university was MIT. Wow. And when and yes, and she was on scholarship too. That's what people don't understand. Where I mm-hmm. live, the local colleges every spring and every winter send out mm-hmm. a brochure to all the families in the area, and it's full of courses that elementary, middle, and high school students can take during the breaks from high school or middle school or whatever, when mm-hmm. the college is kind of in their downtime, and it really helps kids start a resume. And that's what they need in order to fill out an application for college or for scholarship. That is so true. And I also I loved I loved all of your tips. But I, I love how you ended it with it's just doing the simple things. And of course I know you as an educator would tell your students the same thing is to not skip assignments, but to get no. help, you know, and to ask for help. And, and and here's the fun thing. Their friends will help them. They know which kids in classes mm-hmm. are better than they are in a subject. And it, the way I live my life now as an adult is the way I tell kids to live it. When I don't know something, I look in my life and my friends and my neighbors, who knows mm-hmm. more about that subject than I do, and I ask them for help. People love to help someone else. Mm-hmm. 
So they ask their, their friend who does better in algebra or geometry or whatever the subject is, French 3, can you help me with this? And their friend will say, sure, they always help. Just mm-hmm. have to ask. That's right. We just have to ask. So I love that. Those are really solid tips. Um, and those that are listening, again, if you have a child at middle school, you need to get started on that right away, right yes. away. <laughs> so now mm-hmm. kind of switching gears a little bit to the, you know, the SAT, ACT is kind of in the news a little bit lately. And, you know, we're hearing about colleges that are dropping the requirements or at least a portion of the requirements. So what are your thoughts on that? And then how do you think that's going to impact students that are applying for college now? Well, I don't know if this is going to be a popular uh, thought, but I mm-hmm. think that dropping the SAT and ACT requirements is a mistake, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you why. If kids don't have a test in the future, they're more likely to relax and mm-hmm. not lean forward. You've heard that, that expression about leaning forward, women should lean mm-hmm. forward. Well, students need to lean forward too. You need to aim for something. And it's easier to aim for the SAT coming up than each individual test along the way. It's, school is one big blur. But when mm-hmm. you have the SAT or the ACT to look forward to, then you know you, you need to complete the assignment. You need to study. You need to be prepared. Maybe take a workshop on the subject to get the help. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that it's a huge problem for people who are economically or in other ways disadvantaged. They live in areas mm-hmm. that don't get the enrichment. But instead of dropping the standard, they should help, we should help the people who need the extra help. Mm-hmm. I think that, that when, when young kids go to school, and they don't have the requirement, they won't be as prepared for college, and then they'll get into college all right, but then they won't have the skills necessary to stay there or to graduate. My fear is that by dropping the ACT and the, and the SAT and letting mm-hmm. kids go in without having the rigor that they need. I think back to, I had an international relations class in my senior year in high school, and I had signed up for an easier class. And then I went in, kind of to my counselor and said, I'm in the wrong class. And she saw and she said, oh, so you thought you'd take it easy in your senior year, huh? So she Mm. looked through the schedule, I know. She looked through the schedule and she saw the class that had all of my graduating classes' geniuses in it. These Mm -hmm. kids were so smart and we all knew who they were. So I Mm -hmm. didn't know that she did that, but I took the pass, went to the class, opened the door, and saw who was sitting in there. And I said in my head, oh, yeah? You think you're going to punish me this way? <laughs> mm-hmm. I worked so hard. And what was good about that is, yeah, it was fun getting an A in that class, and the geniuses got A's and B's, and I beat some of the geniuses. That was fun. Mm-hmm. But it paid off because I really learned how to study in that class. Mm-hmm. I got to college, and I was not out of my depth because mm-hmm. I, I had really good grades in other classes, but they were mm-hmm. kind of easy for me. This one was hard. And so this one, I had to figure out how to study for hard things. And that really Mm -hmm. paid off later. And I agree. I I love that. And I love what you said about leaning forward is that the students need something to aim for. And for the record, I agree with you. I think instead of dropping it, we need to have ways to help the students, like you said, that are disadvantaged. Um, But the other impact, yeah, and the other thing I was thinking about while you were talking is that, like you said, if they're not prepared for 
that level of studying and what it takes to excel in college, that's why you have a lot of students that are taking these remedial, you know, math and yes. English courses. Yeah. Yes. I remember in, in my senior year of high school, they gave mm-hmm. us a test in high school, and they said, you take this test here or when you go to college and pass, or when you go mm-hmm. to college, you'll have to sign up for remedial English class. And I mm-hmm. sat there and I thought, I would be humiliated if I had to take a remedial class in, in college. I'd be re- just humiliated. So I worked really hard to do a good job on that and did okay and was, didn't have to take any remedial classes. But it's mm-hmm. just, why start in the hole? Exactly. Get, get help when you're still in high school so that when you get there, you're on an even keel with people. There's always going to be somebody smarter than you, but as mm-hmm. long as you know how to outwork them, who cares? That's right. And that's what it's all about. So I'm so glad that you touched on about aiming for something. So now I'm excited because we're going to talk about your book, uh, Free College. And so kind of share with us um, some things we can expect in there. And also tell us what, I know we've been touching on it, but what inspired you to go ahead and write your book, Free College? Well, here's, here's a funny thing. I'm sitting in class, and I knew that some of my students were applying for scholarship. Well, all of them were applying for scholarship. But I knew this one girl had been notified that she was in the finalists for a Gates Millennium Scholarship. This was a few years ago when it was still available, I know. And Mm -hmm. and I congratulated her. Well, a few days later, I had been told that she won. So we're talking to her, and I said, do you realize that your life is set? She said, I know. Mm -hmm. And I told the rest of the class what was included in that. I said, you want to go back, you know, 30 years old and you want a PhD, it's paid for. She says, I know, it's just wonderful. And then Mm -hmm. I noticed the girl sitting next to her was actually a better student. Mm -hmm. And I wondered, wait a minute. I wonder why she didn't get it. So then I started looking around the room at who I knew got scholarships and who got a little one and who got a big one, who got a Mm -hmm. full ride to Harvard and who got something less someplace else. And I went, wait a minute. So I started asking questions, put together a questionnaire and then passed it around to other places as well, got the information, realized that there was a pattern. There were things that their family did starting in elementary school and before even, and all the way through school. And so I started at lunchtime going into my classroom, and students would come in, and I would explain what I had learned. Mm-hmm. And then they told their friends. And it got to be such a large group, we had to switch over to spending lunch in the school theater and I was explaining wow. to hundreds of kids. I know, it was like surprising. They gave up their lunch, <laughs> I gave up my lunch, and I just gave mm-hmm. them this information. Once a week we met, and I explained things. Well, I told my sister about that, and she says, what about everybody else's kids? Mm, what? Good point. What, yeah, what about the kids who don't go to your school? Don't they need the information? And I said, well, yes, they do. She said, write a book. So I did. I wrote the book. I published the book. I signed up for Twitter, I started a blog, I put a Facebook page up, and I started making contact with people in education and families, people in the PTAs and all of that. And I'm trying to get the information into the hands of people. The younger the child, the better. High school is great, over half of the things in the book for high school and above, but they also have items in there for preschool kids, things that their family should be doing all along. And it's just exciting to know that Mm -hmm. I could help people go to college like I did 
end up with a degree in your hand and no debt on your back. That's yes. the goal. And I love it. I'm so glad, and I'm gonna, we're going to share out your contact and links in just a second, but I'm so glad that you put all of that um, into a book because, like your sister was saying, you know, you're, you were in front of those hundreds of kids at your school, but when yes. you've got kids on the other side of the country, you know, absolutely, that, that weren't fortunate to be in your class or be in your school, now they can actually take that and implement that. So I'm so glad that you did well, and it's my pleasure to do it. And the funny thing is, I've run into people in other countries who need it too. I've had people yes. from Canada and from the UK. I was on a cruise last year, and I was chatting with people at dinner, and they mm-hmm. said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I was celebrating my book. And they asked me about it, and I told them, and they said, well, we need that too because we're having to pay for this, and we're having to pay for that. And mm-hmm. the scholarships are the way to go. And grants, scholarships and grants. Yes, they are. And, and that's, sorry, this is a side question, but is your book for international students as well? It's, it's actually for anyone who speaks English or who can get it translated. I'm not going to do that. I know that that's just a massive job. But yes, yes because, because if, if, if a family is in a country where students mm-hmm. have to pay for college, mm-hmm. then the family or the child is paying for college. And their right. costs have gone up. I've had somebody in Canada just recently tell me that they needed the book. Mm-hmm. And it's because they, they said, well, we have to pay for this. and we have to. I don't have all the details in other countries mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's not my focus, actually. My focus was originally it was Southern California, and now it's larger mm-hmm. than that. But it's anyone who speaks English, besides, besides the scholarship angle, everything mm-hmm. in that book is teaching students, children, uh, habits that will help them get ahead. It, it'll yeah. help them get into college. It'll help them eventually hold down a job because some of these are, char- are character-driven. Not mm-hmm. all, but some, they all result in a student having more uh, abilities, more skills, and, and it's just a way to get ahead. It also is a way to pay for college. That's right, and I, I love that you said habits because that's what it is. Is, is its habits, is implementing and taking action, and, and like you said, really at preschool age and not waiting until high school. Yes, and I found also, and it was really surprising to me, I said to a student who walked into class, I, it was her senior year and it was towards the end, and I said, just think eventually you'll look back with fond memories to your senior year in high school. And she looked up and she said, what fond memories? This is so stressful. And, you know, really? she was not one of the kids who did all of the things in the questionnaire. She was one of the kids who only did a few of them. The, the more prepared the students are, the more relaxed and the less anxiety, the yes. more free time they have. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's the opposite of what people think. You don't have to work harder. You have to work smarter. That's what it is. It is. Yes, I love that. And, you know, Elizabeth, it's, it's amazing how time has flown. I'm learning a lot myself just in this conversation, and I know um, those that will be listening to this um, will definitely be taking nuggets. I want to do this quick tidbit before I ask you the last question is those that are listening, you need to, once you listen to this, <laughs> um, and Elizabeth will, will give out the link, I need you to go and purchase this book, purchase one for your other relatives that have children, the grandkids, kids at your kids' school, you guys need to get a copy of this book and get started sooner than later. Well, that's wonderful. I agree with you 100%, of course, because yeah. I, I, I would really like to see people start their lives out happy. And mm-hmm. happy is always 
always easier to be happy when you're not paying huge loans. Yes, and all that debt. Um, yep. Elizabeth, I'm gonna I'm gonna end it with this. Actually, I'm gonna ask you. You know what? I'm gonna ask you one more question before that. Um, okay. For those that are listening, are there any um, like parting words, like kind of just something to to hold on to as they're listening to you share about how to keep these costs down? Yes, and here's a, here's something that is, was even surprising to me. You know mm-hmm. that there are scholarships awarded every year to students who are currently elementary school students. And it's for college. Wow. You don't have to wait till your senior year. You don't have to wait till the ninth grade. You don't have to wait even to middle school. There are scholarships awarded all the time from mm-hmm. elementary school on. All they have to do is apply. Set up a schedule. Start applying. The younger the kid, the less often. Once a month, twice a month, mm-hmm. three times a month. And then by the time they're in high school, they should be applying for several scholarships every week. You just make it a habit, and it's not painful. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That was a perfect way to uh, um, wrap up this segment. So, okay, so now, Liz, with those that are listening, the parents of students, they're like, how can I get a hold of you? How can I find you online? Most importantly, how can I buy your book? Um, tell us how we can do all of that. Okay. Um, I am online on Twitter. And my handle is, uh, well, it was Elizabeth Wallace, but that's really too long. So it's Eliza, it's the first part of Elizabeth Wallace, 27. And my website is roadtofreecollege.com, all words, no numbers, roadtofreecollege.com. And on that, I have tips for families, I have tips for the students, I have tips for teachers, I have a place where you can click, just click here to buy the book. And the book's available on Amazon. And all you have to do is go to Amazon Books and type in Free College by Elizabeth Wallace, and it'll be right there on top. Awesome. I love it. It's simple. It's easy to get to. And, of course, those that are listening, um, I will put all those links below. We'll have it on the website here. So right underneath this interview, you'll be able to click as well. So we'll have the link to the free college. We'll have the links to Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Elizabeth's website as well. So Elizabeth, That's thank excellent. you so much. Yes. And thank you so much for sharing. Well, you are very welcome. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to help all these people that I haven't even met. Yes, and so I'm so excited. And, guys, for uh, those that are listening, it will be out very soon, um, this episode, actually in a few days. (laughs) So um, definitely share this out. Um, And I'll see you guys on another episode of the Scholarship Chat. Thank you. Are Are you there now? to thank you for tuning in to today's podcast episode. To learn more about how you can use your talents and achievements to find and win scholarships in less time, visit my website, which is www.collegeprepready.com. Also, follow me on Facebook at Prep the Number 4 College. That's Prep the Number 4 College. Now take care, and I look forward to bringing you more scholarship search tools, tips, and strategies in our next podcast episode. Goodbye.